Welcome to Elite Week, episode number 70. I'm your host for this week, Roy Cookson. Kaizen graciously offered for me to host this week's special Odyssey Alpha episode, and I accepted, so thank you, Kai, for that. Of course, Kai is here and will be my co-host, uh, executive officer tonight. So, Kai, say hi to our lovely audience. Hello, hello, everybody. I'm going to just crack this one open, and we'll keep the party rolling. And as always, our chief technical officer is Tweaked74. Say hi, Tweaked. 
Hello, everybody. Uh, if you can't tell, I'm yelling real loud through the window. Hey, guys, guys, I'm in the ship. Don't, don't, you're, you're forgetting me. I'm in the ship. Let me out. And uh, our engineer for this evening and also our on-air producer is Control Don. Say hi, Control. Hey, hello, everyone. Hope you're having a great evening. And we have a very special guest this evening, uh, the galaxy's most intrepid investigator, Commander Spatula. Say hi, Spatula. Good evening, and hope you're enjoying the Odyssey. <laughs> All right. Um, as our YouTube and Twitch viewers just saw, we started the show at a little different tonight with an homage to everyone's newest favorite taxi company, Apex, where we showed a sneak peek at our vision of some of the things we think could make that long ride a little more interesting. Uh, the eagle-eyed will also have noticed a nod to our fellow uh, podcast and streamers in that reenactment. Um, to our podcast listeners, I'd like to take a moment to point out that because this show is live on Friday nights, we have the opportunity to interact with our audience in real time and share cool videos and graphics with them that are relevant to the topics being discussed. So to anyone listening to us on the podcast, if that sounds interesting to you, please consider joining us live on Fridays. Uh, the cover art for this episode we're calling Jump uh, from Unknown Artist. Uh, the intro song was Let's Jump Together by Tokoso. And our outro song will be Here Comes the Sun by Doty. Our graphics producer for the show is Swordsmith. Our exec producer is Wolf Dragon. And of course, our podcast editor and sound effects genius is Monahive. Uh, we've got a great show lined up for you tonight. We've got an in-depth analysis of the first week of Odyssey Alpha and how it lines up with the Phase 1 roadmap. What did FDev deliver on? What needs work? And what do we have to look forward to? On top of that, we'll hit the top developments in Galnet, the community goals, turning the wheel, and we've also got a brand new episode of Roy Stories for you. So stay tuned. If you're listening to us on the podcast and would like to see the live show and visuals, check us out on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash elite week and on twitch at twitch.tv forward slash elite week if you're watching us on youtube or twitch and would like to know how to catch us on our podcast check out anchor.fm forward slash elite week for sending us your thoughts by email you can reach us at elite week 3306 at gmail.com our very active and growing Elite Week Discord can be found at tinyurl.com forward slash Elite Week Discord, where you can check out or contribute to community feedback, resources on turning the wheel, and real-time updates about Elite from a variety of content creators. In addition to the Discord community feedback channel, feel free to write in our YouTube comments anything about the topic of the week, as well as anything else you'd like to share. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you're enjoying the show on YouTube, please make sure to like and subscribe and click on the bell. It really helps us out. On Twitch, a follow would be much appreciated. If you're on Twitter, feel free to follow at EliteWeek3306 for news and information about Elite Dangerous and cool sci-fi and space news. We record live on YouTube every Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 1 a.m. UTC, so come and join in on the fun. If you're listening to us on the podcast, please make sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform you use. And let us know if there's a format you want us to look into. We don't do Patreon, so save your money and just tell your friends about the show. Okay, we've got a lot to get to, so let's jump right in. Uh, we're going to start with our interview uh, with our guest, Commander Spatula. 
Um, so, Spatula, some of the more cultured members of our audience might remember your investigative exploits from such cases as the case of the Californian Conspiracy, the Book of the Thargoids, and Elite Dangus dying in the 80s, parts one through three. Uh, but since Elite Dangerous has been attracting many new players of late, perhaps for them you could give a bit of an introduction to who you are and the kind of stories you like to create. Who tells you about those cases? Those were top secret. No one's supposed to know. <laughs> has no one been leaking my gal tube again? Yeah, um, yeah you were broadcasting those. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. My life is over. Um, no, I guess what you could say is that it's uh, my my whole shtick is that um, it's a comedic absurdist space detective extravaganza, exploring the vastness of the cosmos in all that wonderful gooey things that are in it awesome awesome well it's definitely worth checking out we've got your links in the show notes uh for everyone to uh to go go check those out highly highly recommended um we're gonna have a lot of time this episode to talk about many aspects of uh the alpha but briefly spatula what aspect of odyssey are you most looking forward to Oof, i i would say really um in terms of the alpha odyssey that moment when they finally unleashed the fact where we can be in an SRV, be in our own ship, um, and then go on foot. Like right now, it's it, it's neat. There's a lot of really cool stuff, but you know, I want that full you know blazer own trail. Now you can go and create all kinds of trouble. Awesome, awesome. Well, thanks for that. I'm looking forward to hearing more of your thoughts as we go through all the different topics on the Alpha. Uh, a quick note for our audience: um, Spatula recently posted uh, an, an Odyssey particular video one about his first euphoric experience walking in the station so definitely check that out uh, and now it's time for the dark wheel update it's the dark wheel update it's the dark wheel update <laughs> yes uh so the dark wheel update so uh <clears throat> and this is uh just just for the record if there's any intrepid uh uh, reporters or, or uh, investigators that are listening in that have uh, weird theories about the Dark Wheel cult. Uh, yeah, uh, we just went, uh, we, we triggered pending expansion for the sole leg of the the, uh, the test, so it should be <clears throat> uh, it should be probably around about actually next week's show, probably the day after is when it'll, it'll land somewhere and we'll see if we land in Seoul, or if we don't land in Seoul, if a mission comes up, or a, a, a permit, or a thing of some kind, or not. And then after that, we will, we're already prepped, and we will move on to the next phase of the, of the, the, the whole project. So this is super, super exciting times. It was a huge ball ache to uh, sort of get the uh you know get get the soul expansion going it was there were pgs peculiarities there was opposition there was all kinds of things and we uh just steamrolled over all of it and just kept on moving it's going it's set now this is just the process of you know the the, the bgs process basically once you get it to go into trigger the expansion you've got basically two weeks it's it's 12 days so you got 12 days of 
sitting around and waiting to see what happens as and in addition to that in that time we shape the cube to make sure that we land where we want to land but since we're sort of right next to soul shaping the cube this time is fairly like nobody can really screw with us it's just a matter of kind of waiting the time so <clears throat> probably next episode we won't have a uh, news yet it'll just be like okay tomorrow is the big day but there's nothing we can do to sort of speed that up. It is what it is. You wait the time that you wait with PGS expansions. That's just the system. So I want to give a huge shout out and thank you to everyone who has worked so hard for this. Um, basically, the soul triggering the soul expansion was the last hard thing of this project. From here on out, it's all easy. This was a huge, huge, like I said, ball ache. But the next triggering the next one, we've been fighting to keep it down so that like it'll just handle itself. Uh, and the next shaping the next jump will be as easy pretty much as shaping this jump. So all of our hard goals are behind us that the men and women of the Dark Wheel, whether that be the Black Sky Legion, which is BSL one in in uh, um, Anara on Anara uh, and, and in game for PC Squadron. Whether that be, and if there are commanders that want to sort of step in and start organizing for the Xbox side uh, or the PlayStation side, <clears throat> we can definitely um, make use of that. We can we can for sure start getting people in and going with that. Uh, the people that are on the forums, the people that are in the Discord, and the twenty some odd other Discords that follow our Discord posted orders every day, they subscribe to them. I just want to say thank you guys all. Take a bow really really did it so congratulations to you all the credit goes to you guys you guys are the ones that made it happen um so yeah thank you very very much and now over the next in two weeks we'll have cool news or not you know all we can do is do the stuff and it's up to fdev to make something happen or not and then the next sort of test phase will be coming sort of two weeks after that and and then we'll see LFT 509, I think, is the one that has me throughout this project, has me the most excited. So fingers crossed and, and congratulations and everybody should take a bow. So I salute you. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Congratulations to everyone for getting it to this point. And uh, now now the real the real fun begins as we start to get some of these questions answered. Um, okay. Now it's time for Frontier News. For news beyond the game, it's Frontier News. Okay, we're going to kick this off with uh, a quick run-through of Galnet. Basically, um, the articles, with uh, perhaps the exception of one, which we'll spend a bit of time talking about, have to do with the NMLA and all the the aftermath of the the you know the conference and the people getting blown up and all the stations catching fire. So we've got, on March 29th, uh, demands for Empire to solve terrorist problem. So everyone's blaming the empire. Pressure is being put on them to do something other than fact-finding. Uh, March 30th, it was the federal Congress granting emergency surveillance powers. So this is the Federation trading privacy for security. Interesting topic. Uh, really interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, March 31st, the crashed ship of the missing ACT agent located. Um, this one I thought was really interesting because the ship it wasn't just talked about that this ship was in route and went missing and there was a call for pilots to go find it. Someone actually found it. And now it's a crash site that uh, can be visited. So I think that's super cool that, you know, they're carrying through, FDEV's carrying through on Galnet articles have, have in-game impact. And this was one 
Um, I was really curious to see how it would end up, and I'm, I'm happy with how, how that played out. Uh, April 1st, we had the Empire attacking the Neo-Marlinist faction. So this is the in-game lore explanation for what's turning into uh, this week's combat uh, community goals. And then on the 2nd, we had uh, Galactic Mysteries uh, generation ships. So uh, pretty interesting. This is perhaps uh, a precursor to more generation ships coming out. There's some comments in the story about like what's in the final Thetis log. If you don't know what that is, you should check that out. There's awesome stories uh, in these in these logs from the generation ships. Um, there's a quote in there about perhaps more living relics are still adrift in the void waiting to complete centuries long missions. So if that isn't a pretty hard hint, I don't know what is. Um, and it's awesome that these characters are being developed. Uh, Kai, you wanted to jump in on this? Yeah, uh, on a couple of the things. Uh, yeah. Just, just so as far as the thing about the Valkyrie that it was put in the game and it was found, um, very, very cool and very, very cool that they gave a shout out to the commander in game. They commemorated his achievement uh, in game. I, I dig that. Um, with regard to the community goals and the stuff that's going on with them i just want to take a second i know this week everyone in the entirely dangerous community is all about alpha 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 and that's cool we need to take a moment to acknowledge the fact that there's a lot of players whether we're talking about pc players who just haven't bought the whatever odyssey alpha deluxe pack console players who never got the chance to get in on all this alpha bullshit it it's important for frontier to sort of not shortchange that community not like yes i get it there's a lot of excitement about alpha and i'm part of that hype but it's important that frontier sort of take steps to make the galaxy cool and interesting for those people that have been a little shortchanged by this process and that they were supposed to be in this with us this week and they're not and I just want to take a moment to acknowledge and salute Frontier for putting together a kind of a cool uh, community goal this week that has cool stuff. Like even a lot of alpha players are going and saying, well, fuck, I want that railgun. Yeah, I'm going to go get that railgun. So like, <clears throat> that's cool. Um, and I think what, what, with what we've seen with what's coming with the, the what do you call it? Uh, how like the stuff that is in the CGs eventually makes its way to the tech brokers now. Mm -hmm. I think that that means a lot with regard to the, the you know, imagining having three or four, two or three, three or four of these rail guns. Um, and the way that they set this up, it's got a cool storyline hook. It it, it, it it also has a cool mechanic to it that is new where it's a, you know, there's two sides to the CG and both sides will win. Like we've always had, like if you have, you know, both sides get to tier one and people collect their modules, but whoever wins more, like it's going to change around. Like that side doesn't just the 10 top 10% get a thing, but the top 75% gets a thing. That's very, very cool. Um, and then also that comment ties forward with this new, these guys, I'm calling them icons because I was, you know, whatever. These two reporters that they started off as part of the Adamaster thing, and then they sort of broadened their scope with regard to 
talking about NMLA stuff and politics recently. And now these two investigators are also, uh, I mean, they're not as good as uh, Commander Spatula on the investigation tip, but they're pretty damn good. And uh, they are not, they're not licensed detectives. <laughs> they are amateurs, rank amateurs. This is true. They, uh, this is true. But uh, they, um, they're commenting on this generation ship to me either a it's just kind of filler like hey guys there was stuff in the game from a year or two ago go check it out which i mean it could be but mm. i think i suspect that this is more of a primer for like there's about to be a new generation ship there's about to be a new something with the story of one of the previous generation ships there's about to be a, a new something somewhere somehow tied into generation ships and again all of this is very very exciting so i just wanted to take a moment to acknowledge and salute frontier for i think doing a pretty good job of keeping the the non-alpha galaxy paying attention to so that's it great points yeah and as uh as you started to allude to there the combat uh cgs uh, are awarding uh, rewards that you can uh, presumably these will show up in the tech broker. So the the one for fighting for the NMLA is a class two um, increased caustic damage and capacity enzyme missile rack, um, and then for the Empire it's a class two high capacity railgun with feedback cascade. Both pretty interesting, pretty interesting weapons. Um, I'm out in the black, won't get a chance to play in that, but I'm 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 banking on these showing up at a tech broker uh, just like just like some of the others have. And I, I like that. I like that mechanic. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to transition here into the, the big talk of the week. So in doing so, in talking about the, uh, the alpha, uh, what I'd like to do is we're going to structure this a little bit. And uh, uh, if you could throw up the slide uh, control, FDEV, put out a slide showing each of the phases of the alpha that they were going to roll out. And uh, this, of course, has been phase one in week one on core systems core systems and networking. And that's really what I want to start focusing on. And the reason for this is there's a lot of, there is definitely a lot of things uh, that we could cover that have been brought up in the forums and by all kinds of people um, about what they like and what they don't like about the alpha. The catch here, though, is I think some of this is really uh, the right time to critique it because that's what FDEV has asked for. So we're gonna we're gonna start by going through the major points as categorized in that phase that phase one first steps because that's what they've asked us to test. And this this is a process that's all about testing. Not meant to be a perfect game right now, but it's meant to be a great way for us to um, have our input. On this. So we're going to try to focus our critique on the items in the first column, and I'll walk through what each one of those is. And, uh, and then we'll go around, go around the table here and uh, get, everybody's, get everybody's input on each of these. So the first one on the list is uh, that people were put into a single system to, ma to maximize player interaction. Um, in my mind, and I'm, I'm going to be bringing up some points that are not just mine. Some of these have come through the forums. I've read, oh my dozens of pages of forums this week to kind of get up the finger on the pulse of what are people saying about each of these items and then and then let's each uh, chip in on it so the first one on maximizing play interaction uh social hubs uh social hubs is the first one that i i would say uh there's nothing especially social about them <laughs> there you can walk into them and there's uh there's there's 
no emotes, no sitting or lounging, no drinks or food, no short range voice chat. Um, you can't really interact with the music like a jukebox or something. Um, also, by cramming everybody into this one system, there's been some ganking, I think, going on. Settlement camping, there's been a point brought up about people being able to take other people's mission items from containers. Um, also, in the vein of sort of social interaction, um, solo versus team taxi rides. And it doesn't appear like there's any wing missions at the moment. So it's I've, I've noticed a few... Uh, a few examples of people playing missions even on the stream where they're they're trying to play together and it really isn't a, me a mechanic for that um let's uh let's jump in here kai you want to kick us off on your thoughts on uh on maximizing player interaction so first off art said basically on the stream that we're going to be seeing <clears throat> taxi rides with more than one person in the whatever he didn't say it outright but he hinted at it very very hard uh, so, you know, maybe that's just a thing that wasn't quite ready when they, when the alpha started and that'll, it'll either be coming sort of towards the end of the alpha or, or, or later. Um, <clears throat> I was surprised we've seen a couple videos. I was surprised that we've seen, uh, some, we, I don't, I don't think we've seen interdictions on the adders, but we have seen adders that just kind of shit the bed with regard to the AI and and, and explode themselves. That was interesting. Um, <clears throat> also with regard to uh, the the emotes, because you were talking about player interaction and, and, yeah. and uh, the lack of emotes. Um, just throwing it out there, Art did specifically say on the Tuesday stream mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. he wants... Uh, emotes. He said uh, um, on the Tuesday stream at the one hour and seven minute mark, he said, I want emotes added and I'm pushing for it. And here's the thing. Uh, I used to sort of look at art statements a little differently. I used to look at them sort of as a little more genuine. Now, I kind of, when he says stuff, I know this maybe sounds a little uh, less generous, uh, but the fact of the matter is, is I, I see a lot of when he's saying stuff, if he says a statement like that, I, I don't believe that that's just his whatever. I believe that that is sort of a wink or a nudge or a whatever he's planting. He is 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 sort of promoting ideas for marketing. So when Art said that he wants emotes and he's pushing for it, he said it forcefully enough that I kind of believe that this is um, that's almost like a pre-sale tactic for marketing of like, hey man, go out there and give some little winks and nods to push this. Mm. Me, me personally, I, as stated before, I'm not that huge of a fan of emotes. There are some that I like as far as like if we could get a salute or if we could get a little like a wave or hand signals that would be used in combat. I would be okay with that, but I just see it being a slippery slope where before you know it, we're going to have the, the the sexy night elf chick dancing on a fucking mailbox in town, and that just is tacky and ruins immersions and is all kinds of seven yeah. flavors. Well, uh, yeah, and as Yuna brought up in the chat here, the current emote is the crouch move, so there's already some uh, abuse of that going on. Correct. We have two emotes. We have two things that you can do in in stations now, which are the sprint and the crouch. And and yes, everyone is using the crouch and they're everybody's T posing or whatever. And it's like, okay, whatever. Um I just hope that 
the emotes that are coming because I do believe that it like it or not they're coming. I hope that they keep them classy and I hope that they don't take it to the Fortnite dance level. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Spatula, you you filmed a, a segment in uh, in the station and I think you were using the limited the limited uh, functionality <laughs> to its most. Uh, what are your thoughts on on the social the social hub aspect of the game so far? So, yeah. so yeah, I was going to chime in on emotes there in the sense that, like, I'm like, what are you, millennials? Like, you just talking emojis? What happened to words? <laughs> sentences? But um, I, I do feel that the UI for chat when you're walking around is not there or limited. Um, like, at least in the ship, you had that little dedicated spot for it. And I, you know, um, in, in when you're walking around, I'm like, what, you got to go into your second PDA wheel and go over here and then yeah. it brings up this like weird window that doesn't even have a close button. I'm like, yeah. what are we doing here? Um, I, I, I mean, like I, I can understand gestures being somewhat there. I'm like, I'm happy with the fact that you, your mouse, when you're going up and down, you're nodding. And when you go left to right, you're shaking your head. So you get at least some yes, no mechanics. You know, it's not like um, you could do like a stealth infiltration, give, the, give your buddy hand signals, but maybe maybe in a future VR edition. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I do feel like maybe the maximizing player interaction doesn't mean what you, what we all think it means that maybe it's just like, we just want the servers to get into the get together into the room and ping each other. You know, we just want warm bodies touching. That's all. We don't want you to talk to each other or enjoy playing together or finish a mission together or, you know, because uh, it warm doesn't, bodies. Yeah, they just want warm bodies. Just put the warm bodies in there, let them touch each other, and we will measure all of their interactions like some oh weird, my. twisted, perverted scientist. That's what Frontier is, I tell you. <laughs> Tweaked, you had a point about uh, chat. Yeah, to me, I, I, I'm actually stunned that this isn't already a thing in, in the alpha, where when one when Roy, when you're in the station and you walk by Kai, if you're not in a party or something together, like a chat party, then if you got headsets on, you would hear each other talk. That's the way a lot of games work. It if you come in within a certain area of proximity, you can hear each other talking. It's a way to interact with people and say, "Hey, you want to help me on this mission? You want to ride down there? You want to do this? You want to do that?" I'm stunned. That's not a thing already. I want to hear the guy snoring by the by the spawn point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah all right um let's let's have a look at uh the next one which was the uh remlock maverick uh scavenger suit um one thing that that i saw come up uh that i also thought about too and it's been something we've been told since the beginning so it's not new news but it's certainly um this idea that certain tools uh certain tools are associated with certain suits and that they're not interchangeable. Um, and I think I think the question here is, um, is that? I mean, it's what they said they would do. Um, it's it's different from how you might say equip a ship. You could put pretty much any module on any ship. There's like very few restraints. Um, how do we feel about that in the first you know few days of gameplay? Uh, and then also, I've seen a lot written about you know, do we have enough suit battery time? Uh, are you spending your time actually having fun in the mission, or are you spending your time trying to figure out how not to suffocate? Um, and uh, Kai, I see you got a point about scavenging uh, as well. Yeah, I, for me, it's kind of a head scratcher because 
Dev Diary 2, they talked about when they talked about this, the different suit types for the very first time, they said, you know, the very first suit that they talked about, uh, well, actually second, because the first one was the exploration, but they hadn't explicitly said it yet. But the very Mm. first differentiating suit type that they specifically called out was they said, we have the scavenging suit and this will be used for scavenging. What's scavenging? Well, sometimes you're going to be going to places. You're going to see a signal. There's a, uh, there's a wrecked ship here and you could get either a mission to go out to it, or you can just sort of come across it. And when you find this wrecked ship, you can go and use tools to access things to get, you know, to 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 retrieve components to loot the ship to scavenge it and then that sort of went away we never heard another word about it for some time and then uh when um you know when it came down to okay we're doing the alpha or whatever then they said uh you know uh Okay, well, we're going to do salvaging, which is different than scavenging. Salvaging is you go to a settlement and you loot shit and you bring it's it It's a back. fetch mission, basically. So I kind of, yeah, I kind of am wondering, like, hey, guys, did is that, like, was, was, there, was that gutted? Was that removed from this? Is that a thing we shouldn't be looking for? Or is that, oh no, that's going to come in phase three or phase four? Because if you look, we got our little card up on the screen. That's not listed anywhere. And it was one of the major sort of selling points that was even when I was so gutted and and, and disappointed that it's like, we're, we're not going to have mining. We're not going to have like the ability to mine on foot or in an SRV the same way we have in Star Citizen, where you can go in caves with your hand tool and mine, or you can go drive around in your ROC and you can mine. Uh, and they were like, well, no, because we have scavenging. That's that's that. Okay. Where it's not anywhere on this card. I hope you guys didn't gut that too. So yeah. that's my point. Okay. So it looks like we may have another surprise guest joining us in five minutes. We'll announce that when it happens. So stay tuned for that. Uh, let's move on to uh, laser and kinetic weapons. I'm going to ask everyone uh, who's had a chance to play it here, how you like the look and the feel of these weapons. Um, I know there was a lot of talk ahead of the, the launch of, you know, what other, what other FPS or what other uh, looter shooter might this feel like? Um, is there any observations on that? Um, the other question I'd put to the group is, you know, we've got sort of this rock, paper, scissors aspect from the way ship weapons work, where, you know, lasers, energy weapons for shields, kinetic for armor, or in this case, the body. Um, is that is that sort of mechanism too extreme a mechanic for, for this FPS or not? Uh, is it worth it? Is it still fun? Um, so that's, that's the question of laser kinetic weapons. Uh, Spatula, would you like to go first? Yeah, you know, I being the weapons expert and all, um, well, <laughs> I'll say this is is um, uh, my attempts to do missions in the alpha have not been so successful, and I just managed to buy my first primary weapon just yesterday, um, and did get one chance to kind of go to a base and cause some mayhem. And I think that probably a lot of the the, the balancing is just not there because it's an alpha. Um, I. From when I saw the videos, I didn't think I was going to like the gunplay or the feel of it. Mm-hmm. But then actually playing it, I'm like, okay, this actually works pretty well. So 
I was pleasantly surprised by, you know, I didn't think it would be very good, and it's okay. But needs balance. Okay. Kai, you've uh, had some extensive uh, experience with, with it. What's your thoughts? Again, I'm not a huge FPS guy. I, I'm not a fan of the idea of having to, like, my, my, my big laser rifle that's super, super awesome and is the, you know, primary weapon, absolutely nothing to armor, and you absolutely have to swap. I'm not a fan of the fact that my top kinetic rifle does absolutely nothing to shields and you have to swap. I, I, I That's just... To me, like that's you don't really get that mostly in games. Um, so I'm not too much of a fan of it. I, I know some th- that's a big contentious thing that a lot of FPS players has said. Well, this kind of sucks, um, and some people have defended it and said, "Oh, this is an interesting, neat uh, way to go with it." So I, I think it's one of those like personal taste things. Your mileage may vary. Um, obviously, the AI right now is tuned way too hard. Frontier is aware of this. And they are, uh, like they've even said on multiple streams, like, oh, yeah, we'll be adjusting this down a lot soon. So <clears throat> it's an alpha, alpha B alpha. There's things to like, there's things to hate, whatever. Hey, Sue, okay. welcome aboard. Hello. Hey, Souverine. Glad you could join us. Glad you could join us. We were just uh, walking through some of the topics here in the Odyssey Alpha analysis. We were just, uh, if you want to jump in, I was asking the group what they thought about the laser and kinetic weapons, uh, if they like the look and feel, and, and maybe more in particular, if if we think, although it's perfectly valid with spaceships, uh, this mechanism of you need the laser for the shield and the kinetic for the, once you've taken down the shield, is that a mechanic that ultimately we think is going to be fun, even though it's exactly as advertised? Uh, any, any thoughts on either of those? Yeah. Um... The I, I I don't um I don't play enough FPS FPS games to um I wouldn't call myself an expert by any means I've played quite a few quite a few of the classic ones but not not a lot of um, competitive F- FPS um I think the I think the hard counter idea works really well in games I really like the rock paper scissors approach um I don't know how well it will I don't know how well it will work for elite given that most players. I imagine that most players play in play solo. I imagine that uh, like the majority of elite players don't play with um, with friends that much, um, and um, and also only one of the suits lets you take more than one primary weapon. So I wonder whether we will see everybody funneled down either using the plasma weapons um, or uh, or taking the dominator suit. Or whatever it's called, which will let you take a kinetic and a laser one. Um, because I imagine that the the problem with a hard counter system like that in a game where most players play individually is that is that you're not going to be able to, like you won't be able to specialize because it'll leave you too much of, of a, a at a disadvantage. But the caveat to that is I've got absolutely no idea. Uh, I could be completely wrong. Um, speaking from a position of complete ignorance, um, and um, and it might work out. It might work out really, really well. And also, there might be ways in which you can. Um, it might be ways in which you can just mainline the laser weapons, for example, and I don't know, stun the stun the AI so that you don't have to don't have to worry too much about the armor. Um, with regard to your first point about the the look and feel of them, I, I actually um, 
I really like the I really like some of the weapons, but the lasers, uh, I feel like the laser weapons all look a bit like pool toys. Like they're, they're, they're too colorful, too big, particularly the assault rifle. Like it doesn't it, it just it just looks like looks like something you put in a cocktail. It doesn't look like something that kills people. Do you know what I mean? Not scary enough. Yeah. Yeah, precisely that. Yeah. Huh. Oh no, they look like um, they look like hair tools. They look like hair straighteners. <laughs> you're right. You're right, they do. Um so you know we're going to see more of this next week when the focus is on uh, on uh, combat, um, and I guess we'll see how the balance works out. I, I for me the jury's out on whether it's going to be fun to have have things so locked into you have to use this suit to carry two weapons or you have to use always use a laser to take down shields. It seems like that's going to maybe constrain. Um, just the diversity of, of ways you can do a combat mission. Uh, but, but I'm going to kind of reserve my, my judgment on that to, to figure out where that is uh, as we see more details on that next week, especially as we get into more mass combat with things like the frontline solutions. Um, yeah. Uh, Control, you had a, uh, an, a point about the, uh, the weapons. Did you want to jump in on that? Yeah. Uh, just a short, I, Played Alpha for a while now, uh, as all other guys and girls, and uh, I ha- I had trouble like killing people. <laughs> and that disturbed me because I'm usually good at that, and I'm playing a lot of FPS games and doing that, but they didn't do any fucking damage. And yeah. today, yeah. when I was on a shitter or uh, I, I looked down to earth astronomy video yeah. and hey uh he did some guy hadn't done he switched weapons and he had a laser weapon and exacted the same thing i i had shot the guy it ran out of ammo he switched weapon uh with a small pistol and he actually killed a guy and i was just amazed so yeah try to sw- switch weapons that yeah. might be the thing that's all i have to say and it was kind of i just what the fuck why didn't i do that <laughs> it does that's seem a little I, a little underwhelming yeah uh, uh tweaked, you had a point? Oh, sorry you something else control no i'm at a, okay all right tweaked yeah obviously not being able to play the alpha i'm going off from what i'm seeing on all these different streams and to me they look pretty decent the the sound is pretty good but what i'm noticing on stream is even like the scientists that the people are killing that i'm assuming aren't wearing any armor and you can't kill them with your laser what's up with that that doesn't make any sense at all to me well i think they're you know i think there's a few things going on here they've got um beginner weapons overpowered ai and a, and a subset of all the weapons we're going to eventually have. So it's probably the wrong corner of the operating envelope to really get a good feel for things, unfortunately. Maybe that'll be expanded next week. Now I'd like to talk about the topic that's been dominating like 80% of the forum chat. And of course, you might guess it's Apex Interstellar. Um, I, I feel like this is almost like uh, from the fleet carrier beta when all everyone could talk about in the first half of that was the operating cost issue. Um, it's so dominating the feedback. Definitely needs to be talked about, but I think it's it's so dominating the feedback that it's overshadowing probably 15 other things that maybe we'll see more about um, when when finally the apex thing dies down a bit. But uh, 
do we think that travel time is really going to be an issue outside of alpha? Um, that's the real question. I've, I've seen just from reading through feedback, there's kind of like two buckets of people. One is the, the folks that I call space sim uh, enthusiasts, purists. And then there's others that are really much more in the first person shooter camp. Um, and if it is an issue, is there any way to speed this up that doesn't create a BGS problem? Uh, and then, and then finally, you know, uh, if we can't speed it up, what are some things we could do in the taxi? Uh, and this is, this is where, uh, maybe you could show that slide again from our little, our little preview video we did at the launch. Tweak, let's start with you. I hate that everybody is complaining about this. I really do. I mean, <laughs> granted, FDev really did themselves no favors by picking this system where you're traveling 150,000 light seconds to get to most of these missions. That being said, if you fly yourself there, what are you doing? You're you're pointing to your destination and you're flying in super cruise. And generally speaking, it, it, you're just sitting there. You might be going through your menus. You might be doing all that different stuff, but you're still just sitting there. And it takes just as long to fly yourself there as it does sitting in a taxi. The problem is, if one, if you shorten the time it takes in the taxi, then how do you do that in lore? How do you how do you justify that these Apex adders are faster than my Crate Mark II or my Crate Phantom or my adder, if so be it, you know, whatever ship you want to name? How do you make that justified in lore? And mm -hmm. secondly, and you touched on it real quickly, if they shorten this down, whether it be click a button and you're there instantly, which would be the awful God worst way to do it, or they shorten the duration, you're going to have people gaming it for the BGS purposes. If I can take a taxi and get to that station faster than I can fly there, then if I'm running missions to try to move influence and I'm up against somebody else who's trying to move influence the other way, then guess what I have to do? I have to take that taxi to take the shorter ride. Mm -hmm. And I think that would be game-breaking in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Kai, you're up next. So... I 100% agree with Tweak that they should not, under any circumstances whatsoever, make the taxi travel faster than ship travel in Elite Dangerous because the, the basis of the game is predicated upon a central amount of sort of like, these are the rules and they apply fairly across the board. Having said that, having played the alpha this week, the taxi is infuriating. So here's what they need to do to address that, in my opinion. Number one, when you do a mission, put on the mission board, this mission is, this location is X light seconds from your current location. That way, if you are in system and you see 12 missions to turn on a power source, you can say, I want to take this one because it's 112 seconds, light seconds away. I do not want to take that one because it's 180,000 light seconds away. Uh, that's just dumb. And, and, and for when you are out of a system, then obviously utilize the thing of saying that it's X amount from the central star, from the, from the primary star. But if you're in system, just give it's X amount from your current location. That's number one. Number two, when you're in the taxi and you are stuck in for the process of that, 
yeah, maybe make some access to some things that you can do that could be interesting, whether it is, uh, you know, if you need to go to a very specific location, I got to meet my friend. He is 110,000 light seconds away. I don't know. Make make some access to something that you can do, whether it's a mini game or whether it's something else. Just just put something in there that is mm-hmm. it's fun to do. And lastly, for me, uh, I, I'm going to come back to what I've previously said. Enough is enough with the whole situation of okay there's three stars in this one system and you know one of them is the star that hutton's at and it's 0.22 light years away but it's somehow still in this system that's just dumb let us my my ship can jump 30 light years away in 20 seconds but it can't go a tenth of a light year away without spending an hour that's it's just dumb let me it, uh, let me use my uh, uh, ship's ability, my my FS, not my FSS, my hyperdrive, to target. Now, if it's close, if it's like okay, there's two stars and they're 120 light seconds away. Okay, that's fine. But I would say anything over, say, 50,000 light seconds. If it's over 50,000 light seconds away make it to where okay now i can target that with my hyperdrive and i can hyper jump to that just the same way as i can hyper jump to something that's 10 times or 100 times farther away mm-hmm. and that will still i'm i'm not in favor of 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 getting rid of super cruise time because i feel like it's important to the game it's important to the uh sort of realism i don't want it to be that you just point to any location and you're instantly there but enough is enough and if you get to a position where you're spending 40 minutes sitting afk whether you're flying or whether you're a taxi passenger it's just bad gameplay there should be something to do or it's a waste of time Mm -hmm. souverine totally agree i couldn't agree more Uh, I, i don't have much to add um Tweet said it absolutely perfectly. Um, totally agree with everything he said. Um, and I think Kai is probably right that in-system jumps uh, are probably necessary now. I think an interesting psychological effect is the is the effect of agency, however slight. Um, if you if you have in in super cruise, especially with super cruise assist, you don't have a lot of agency, and the agency you do have is the agency to fuck up. Um, you either get to your destination in the super cruise, which is a relatively unskilled affair or you overshoot and curse yourself because it's annoying um the taxi isn't really that different like you're not you know the super cruise isn't a particularly skill intensive um flight it's pretty much straight line stuff in which you just follow the numbers um but the fact that there is no agency at all not even that little tiny bit means that it it, it goes from being playing a game to being as cake as as kai puts it afk so i completely agree that something needs to be done and i think that 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 the in-system jumps between stars would be law-friendly. Um, this needs to be this needs to be um, tested, and I'm not sure how true it is. But my feeling is that the biggest distances are between stars and their planets, not between different planets of the same star. So, for example, if you had a binary system, an in-system jump between the two stars would would uh, eradicate most of the travel, and even the planet. Even a star to its furthest planet would be much less of a distance than the distance between two quite distant 
binary stars in a binary system, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, yeah. So assuming that's true, and I think it is, but it needs, uh, needs checking, then um, simply adding the ability to jump between stars in the same system would upset Elite's law relatively little, I think, and solve the, the biggest part of this problem. Mm. You, I mean, you would still have trips of five to 10 minutes regularly, maybe 12 on the outside, but it would eliminate those trips of an hour and a half. Mm. Yeah. And what do they add, really? I mean, Nothing. I think agent, I think you've hit it with agency. It's It's such a big difference feeling like you're strapped in the chair versus you've got things to do and you're flying the ship and it just it's just a different feel a different feel to it yeah um spatula you had something yeah so these so-called taxis or if that's truly what they are i have observed that they are affected <laughs> by the gravity of planets so normally when you go by a planet that's gravity well kind of slows you down i've seen the taxis just go through straight like they just don't even exist at all hmm. that said um, I'm happy with the taxi speeds. In fact, I love the taxis. I love sitting in the taxi with the extra chairs, and then they give you the little, hey, we're almost at the place. We're going to drop you off now. Like, it's great. It's basically just an extended docking computer that does everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the long distances, what puzzles me, though, is that this is the first, the world's first look at Odyssey, right? Like, we're doing the alpha. Yes, it's mostly about technical testing, but this is like, the first experience, the first exposure, the first streams, the first videos. And let me put it this way. 75% of my time playing the alpha has been sitting in a taxi <laughs> because the system that they picked has that attribute. And so I wonder if they did that intentionally for the data. They uh, definitely did. Because it's not a great experience considering it's the only way. Like if you could get your ship or try the taxis, hey, great. That would be awesome. Everyone would be digging it. But that's the only reason I feel it's being discussed. But I would say, to me, the solution is this is this would be the simple solution that I think is uh, you can't have that physical travel. Like, let me warp to HUD normal. I don't think that that suits the game. It would it would kind of uh, you know like uh, long travel times are kind of a part of elite. But the way I would do it is uh, super cruise boost. So for those extra long distances, you can start boosting your top speed in super cruise, and it consumes fuel at an exhaustible weight rate because right now when was the last time that fuel like sorry fuel rats if you're listening i don't mean to like you know disparage you guys when was the last time fuel was really like an issue resource right so i think well, like, it, it is until it isn't until it is <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, yes this is true this is true but um there's not like like you don't run out of fuel that often unless you're you're running a stupid build and don't have a fuel scoop or you're me um but um you know i I think that that would be a cool mechanic it's like let me travel a little bit faster in super cruise like let me punch it but yeah maybe maybe it consumes a lot more fuel maybe it has a chance of launching my ship into places that i don't want to be something like that but um you know i I don't think they should just make the taxis uh instantaneous i like it how they are Mm. now i want to see how they go to colonia because that you can select colonia it has landable destinations how long is that journey going to be oh my Maybe I don't know if there's enough air on the ship for that. Um, let's see. Tweaked, you had something. Yeah, I don't disagree that the super cruise trips to like Hutton Orbital, stuff like that might be a little too long. And maybe in-system jumps would be the answer. But my fear would be that feeling that I actually traveled somewhere. I mean, when mm. I take these long trips and I get there, I feel like I actually got up and drove for an hour or something you know i feel like i actually made it somewhere it was an accomplishment if i'm just doing in in system hyperspace jumps or something and hit a couple keys 
couple buttons on my controller and and then it's a two minute super cruise trip yeah i'm getting to my gameplay faster but i don't feel like i actually traveled anywhere at that point i don't think hmm. yeah that's a good point Suverine, you had a point about uh, super cruise boost yeah, the um, I think the the thing about Super Cruise is not that it's not fast enough; it's that the it decelerates very slowly. Um, I, I spoke to some of the the alpha. Ba- I'm actually a beta backer, not an alpha backer, and I spoke to some of the alpha backers about this who were in the uh, the DDF mm-hmm. back when Super Cruise was being discussed. And I don't know if you guys have noticed, but you accelerate in Supercruise much, much faster than you decelerate. Mm-hmm. And this is a decision, and it's a decision to 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 um preserve that sense of transit um that tweet just just talked about uh, yeah so so frontier deliberately set it so that you decelerate much more slowly in in supercruise and the majority of your travel time in supercruise is not because for very long distances not because supercruise is slow um, it's because the de- you need to decelerate. You need to start decelerating so early, and you yeah. need to decelerate so. Um, it, yeah, it, it's just that. If you could, de- if deceleration was much faster, the journeys would be way, way quicker. So why don't I use the technology from the elevators? <laughs> Here's the thing with, with regard uh, to that deceleration. I like it. I like that deceleration sort of slowing down and taking a little more time on the trips when we're talking about a five minute, an eight minute, a nine or 12 minute trip. I like that feeling of sort of substance to it where there is a travel time. It does make for certain people develop tactics for how they're going to use a gravity well to come in. You know, they come in hot, use gravity well spiral the angle and 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 get that sort of quicker slowdown or whatever i i'm a fan of that for the shorter trips i think what they need to do is either a allow for the micro jump i.e again just logic wise why is it that my ship can jump to a star that's 32 light years away but it can't jump to a star that's 0.22 light years away that logically that just doesn't to me hold up but if you're not going to do that if you're going to do quote-unquote super cruise boost or whatever i think that frontier has some smart people they can use a variable adjustment thing such that the nine minute trip doesn't change anything it stays a nine minute trip but the hour and 40 minute trip gets substantially shorter it's just dumb i think if you're again if you're talking about an eight minute trip if you're talking about a a nine minute trip great if you're talking about a 32 minute trip and you're literally just going a little over that way whereas in 32 minutes you know you could literally make 32 jumps of 60 light years each you could get you know, you, it's like I could get to the Pleiades. I could get to the Guardian sites faster than you could get to the other side of this system. And that just to me, number one, it doesn't fit with logic. It doesn't make good gameplay. I I, I am 100% in favor of let's keep some, some traction on time here so that it doesn't feel instant. I would hate it. If tomorrow we had a new system where you just like the uh, uh, what is it? No Man's Sky version of like aim at system or if planet hit button. Boom, you're there. Like, I don't want that. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying let's bleed off a little bit of the pain on the stupid long ones while keeping the the feeling 
that that of substance on the short ones. Yeah, uh, spatula. You had some. Um. Oh yeah. Well, I was no. I was actually. Th- th- this might be a little on top. It's on the topic of transit, but I did want to talk about the elevators in the station. Because uh, sure. the, the instantaneous elevators that you just immediately arrive. Would it be? Is am I insane? Am I completely off my crocker to want them to say put a bit of artificial lag on the elevators? Well, yeah, you, you're referring to the uh, the displacement anti-entropic traversal chamber that was featured in a recent recent SAG Eye video, which, by the way, we've linked to in the show notes. It it does it does feel a little it does feel a little unnatural uh, for sure. Um, one thing I wanted to and just to maybe put a twist on the end of this topic, um, I'm I've just been thinking, what audience are they trying to appease here? Like, and this goes back to how I saw a lot of a lot of <laughs> bifurcation, a lot of bifurcation in the in the forum comments. Where if I was to sort of extrapolate from that, people who are let's say the spaceship purists, first of all. Uh, Apex, I mean, aside from whatever they might do for Colonia, Apex is primarily going to be in the bubble. And if you've got your own ship, you're you're not using it. You're you're already, you know, you've already got 15 ships. You're doing your thing. There's no real reason for you to use Apex. The other category is um, the FPS. I don't know if that's going to become a a sort of a faction within the game. I don't mean a faction programmed in the game. I mean like a group of our audience who primarily plays FPS because. Uh, FDev keeps kind of throwing out there this idea that there may be people that, I guess, get so enamored with the uh, the Odyssey on foot experience that they elect to play the majority of the time in that mode and don't have a ship, and therefore they'd be like a major customer for for Apex taxis. And in that case, you know, their motives, I'm assuming, are very different. Like if they're trying to get back and forth to a battle or run through a bunch of missions. I don't know that they care about the feeling of having gone somewhere. Um, you know, any 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 thoughts on that? Uh, anyone want to jump in on that idea? But I'll, I'll just say, like I did, like I in the alpha, I would pick the wrong mission. Oh boy, well whatever. Let me send out a taxi. Okay, it's going to be what ten minutes. I would literally like make a sandwich, uh, go outside, sit on the balcony, enjoy the sunshine. I'm like doing all these things. I'm being a really productive human being, but I'm not really playing a game. And I, I was like. And then you get to the station, and then someone kills you, and then you have to do it all over again because you picked the wrong mission again. And eventually, I just started picking all the missions and just not picking the faraway ones. Um, yeah, I just like, like to me, like it's such an unenjoyable experience that I'm just so, to me, it's so bizarre that they just led with this of like, we're going to force everyone to take taxis. Like, have everyone start in a combat zone, or <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, to make the taxis mandatory, I think, has been a little bit weird. Okay. Mm. So let's uh, let's round this out. I think, uh, Souverine, did you have one more thing to say on this topic? Um, the the taxis, are, yeah, Frontier have. I, I like the fact that they are that they are designing Odyssey so that you can play without spaceships. This goes back to the Kickstarter, and Elite Dangerous was envisaged as not just a space sim, but it was it, the, the initial 1.0 release was designed as a space a space sim, but the long term vision of the game was a science fiction universe you can live in, not just a space sim. And that means that there, there are several ramifications of that. One of them is that the experience needs to be uh, needs to exist outside of being in a spaceship. So I think the way that um, I think they designed Apex a because they could, 
um, it was relatively simple to do it within the game's architecture, and B, because it supports that idea that Elite Dangerous is an experience, is a science fiction universe that you can live in, not just a space sim. So I like and support that it's there. I think realistically, not very. I, I don't think there is going to be any subsection who use it for everything. Because I think that I think it'll just be a little bit of lubrication to get new players into where they want to be before they've bought the spaceship they want, and and that's all people will use it as. They'll use it as a little bit of crutch for the first few hours, and that's fine. I, I okay. foresee I foresee a use case that I will have with it, which is uh, I want to I have a ship parked in the Pleiades that's my Thargoid hunting ship, and uh, you know. I don't want to, you know, I'll just take a taxi there and then use that ship or whatever. Like certain times where you got to get from A to B and you don't want to be dragging ships around because you got to fetch something and bring it back or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I think, uh, let's see. Tweak, did you have something quick? I'm trying to look through here to see if anybody had any last comments on this. Just yeah, I was going to say, well, to, to the subject of, you know, you have time to go make a sandwich and stuff like that, that that's kind of like calling a taxi in real life. You have to wait a few minutes before it gets there. I kind of like the realism of that. And and I do, actually, I have 20 some odd grade five ships and I foresee me, like, I think I said it last week, I, I'm kind of a lazy pilot these days. If I'm in a system with six different stations and I want to work missions and I get three missions out of one station, I may not want to fly to each station to collect missions i may just go out do those three missions and figure okay the 10 minute mission board will reset by the time i get back and i'll get new ones with the taxi mm. service i may mm. take the taxi to each station and then taxi back to my ship and then go do 15 missions at once i i actually think i'll use that quite a bit really yeah that's a really good point interesting all right well we're gonna put a pin on this one i think um from what i've seen from the streams and forums at least the direction this is going as the as the cm team would would position it is they're going to look into things you can do in the taxi but there's they're not going to speed it up like super super fast or anything like that so that's kind of the direction things are heading um we're going to uh we're about halfway through our our odyssey alpha discussion points here we're gonna take uh, a little shift here and play roy stories uh the next episode of roy stories and then right after that come back with uh, the last few points in our alpha discussion so uh, control go ahead and play the tape we now return to our Inara Commander series with Mac Winston, Season 2, Episode 6, Uncomfortable Truths. Where's Aiden? Thompson? Sorry, he didn't make it. And... Sorry, she's dead too. When we dropped, you were all thrown around like ragdolls in a hurricane. The time had come to break the bad news to our remaining guests. Expecting to be shot by Thompson, I had taken the somewhat unorthodox measure of shutting down the main power during hyperspace transit. The violence of our hyperspace exit had surprised even me. It had been a great deal more unpleasant for our four uninvited guests, who had been attached to our flight deck with nothing more than their magnetic boots. Two of them had died, their ringleader, Thompson, and one of his colleagues, Mate Thomas as they had been violently thrown around the flight deck during our uncontrolled hyperspace exit. 
The other two, Kate Svensson, a serious-looking woman in late middle age, and a young man named Kevin Archer had survived with some bruises and a minor concussion. Cal and I, safely restrained in our flight seats, were none the worse for wear apart from a slightly sore back. Unfortunately, the violence of the exit had also seriously damaged our frameshift drive, and we weren't going anywhere fast. With main power up, we had enough fuel to keep life support and basic systems online for a couple of weeks, perhaps three. The star scan showed that we were three light years from LTT-1347. There was no possibility of rescue. We either got the frameshift drive working, or we would freeze to death once the fuel ran out. Our ship, now our tomb, would likely never be found. I'm afraid that's not all, I began, looking at Svensson and Archer, both laid out on the benches in the transport module. The frameshift drive took quite a bit of damage, so we're dead in the water. We're looking at repairs, but neither of us are engineers, so we've got a bit of work ahead of us. Svensson narrowed her eyes. We're all going to pay for your recklessness now, she said acidly. I hope I don't need to remind you that your colleague looked like he was going to shoot one of us, I remarked, trying to sound casual. So I don't think I had many options if I didn't want to be bleeding to death all over the flight deck. Svensson seemed to be fighting some internal battle. You might be lucky it was him and Thompson who died, not me. Why? Before becoming an administrator for the aristocrats of LP-771-72, I was Schultz Enterprise Chief Engineer. So you'll help us fix the FSD? Svensson drew a long breath. <sighs> I really don't know. After what we've been through, I'm not too sure I can be bothered. With Thompson dead... Mr. Archer... Cal began suddenly. How's life at home? Archer looked slightly startled at the sudden interjection. Fine. My wife's expecting a new baby, and... Cal's gaze swept back to Svensson. He didn't say anything. He looked back towards Archer. Looking forward to being a new dad. Well, of course, but... I'm sure Mr. Archer here wants to get home. We might be enemies, Miss Svensson, but right now your colleague could do with getting home. We have a common enemy. The icy wastes of interstellar space, and together we can overcome it. Or, we could sit here for two more weeks, and then Mac and I will smoke so much onion head that we can't feel anything anymore, while you two experience in full how it feels to slowly freeze to death. He's right, you know, I said, folding my arms and staring into Svensson's eyes. She scowled back. I drifted, weightless, through the cabin, and, taking a chance, released Svensson from her restraints. Let's go to the engine room and get this old crate on the move, eh? Svensson grunted assent, or at least I assumed it to be assent. A few minutes later, we were in the William F. McCoy's engine room. The main power plant was making its reassuring muffled roar, but beside it was the very silent and dead frameshift drive. The inspection panel I had removed earlier was still off. Svensson stuck her head inside while Cal and I looked on. Give me a light, came her voice. I handed her the torch on my belt. More of her body disappeared into the bowels of the machine. Some clanking noises. 
After what seemed like an eternity, she slid herself out of the inspection hatch. Well, what do you reckon? We can weld the coolant jacket. Got a welder? Yeah, our tool cubicle is pretty well equipped. The bigger problem is the stellar ratter. It's distorted. Your FSD's firmware probably has a simulator that will help us reshape it, but we're going to have to improvise something to hold it in place or it'll just distort again. One of you will have to go to the flight deck and start it up. I nodded to Cal, who pushed himself away towards the exit. I think you got pretty lucky. If that thing had sheared, well... Her voice drifted off as she imagined the catastrophe. Svensson watched Cal exit the bay and the door closed behind him. She gave me a penetrating stare, her dark eyes seeming to bore into mine. You're not like him, she said suddenly. Eh? I mean, you're not Imperial. No, I grew up on Azaban in Aranin. I wasn't sure what my family history had to do with any of this, but I felt that it would be best to humor Svensson. Are you his slave? I wasn't anticipating that as a question. Hell no, I replied, not knowing whether to laugh at the suggestion. So what are you doing here? With the East India Company, and with a true blue Imperial from Aknar? I shrugged. Only place I seem to fit in, I said, remembering how the Federation had treated me, then what the LHS 331 Values Party in the Alliance had done. And besides, my mother was from Akinar. I see. And your father from Aranin? No, Fecta. He just settled on Azaban when things got a bit hot. I didn't really know him. He was taken when I was very small. So you're here to be close to your mother then? No, she died long ago, so I never knew her either. Why don't I just get the welding kit? Perhaps Svensson was trying to guilt trip me about the whole sorry mess in LP-771-72. All I knew is that we had gone to war with the aristocrats and it was my duty to help in the war effort. I wasn't involved in the politics of it all, but I also hadn't forgotten how I'd been treated by the aristocrats on Vernadsky platform a few months earlier. Nor, I suspect, had the other EIC pilots who'd been beaten by an ugly man with a metal bar that night. I rooted around in the tool cubicle until I found the welder and its supplies. The thing was pristine. We'd never had to make an in-flight repair, and neither Cal nor I were experts in this kind of thing to say the least. Any problems, we just hoped the auto-reboot repair would take care of it, or it would be something simple. I returned, wondering what the next line of Svensson's interrogation would be. Thompson was serious. You know. She continued, her voice coming from the inspection hatch as she disappeared back inside with the welder. We have good evidence that the EIC had infiltrated us and fomented this war deliberately. We were a peaceful, democratic party. I don't move at those exalted levels, I said, cutting her off. And besides, I mean, I don't want to offend, but your own party has been keeping things from you. What do you mean? She said, suddenly pulling herself out from the inspection hatch. Well, I began, I don't just do haulage for the EIC. I'm also contracted to run security patrols around the mining sites, that kind of thing. I have another ship fitted out for the job. Mostly I'm assigned to Kappa Furnasis. But sometimes I get assigned to LP-771-72, so I get to see what goes on in the mining sites there. Your point being? 
My point is that nearly all of the bad guys harassing miners in LP-77172 trace back to the aristocrats. Sure, there's the odd EIC pilot turned bad there too, but nearly every single criminal in those res sites has been one of your guys. Which doesn't strike me as either peaceful nor democratic. We can't control everyone. No, sure. But the scale of the problem was such that these guys had official backing. It wasn't just a few random bad guys associated with the aristocrats. Ever been to Vernadsky Platform? Schultz was my home. Well, I have. I did nothing more than turn in there for a night, buying some space in the hostel on the platform, when one of your guys comes along and beats me with an iron bar. I wasn't the only one either. The whole place was a den of criminality. This never went on at Schultz. Maybe not. But to paint the aristocrats as a peaceful democratic party, complete with rainbow-farting unicorns, is quite a long way from the truth. And to call the EIC the bad guys when we defended you against the Federation just four months ago perhaps says that we might not be the villains you're accusing us of being. Svensson was silenced. I was hoping she wasn't reconsidering fixing the drive. Look, let's not dwell on this now. We've got a job to do, and as Cal said before we started, we have a common enemy right now, and we've got to work together. You can go back to hating us when you safely arrive in LTT-1349. I'd also suggest you forget any ideas of some sort of whistleblowing, or complaints of some kind of conspiracy. We get home, we go our separate ways, Archer gets to see his new baby, and we all just live happily ever after. A good plan, no? Svensson sighed and disappeared back into the hatch with the welder and set it up to make the repair. We continued to work, wordlessly, apart from the odd instruction, hold this here, no here, like this, a little bit up, down, and finally requesting Cal to start the FSD simulation so the Stellarator could be put right. I privately wondered what the East India Company had been doing behind the scenes. I rather suspected Svensson was onto something, but at the same time, I didn't think we tended to do things unprovoked. Either way, I'd probably never find out. And we're back. Uh, if you'd like to catch up on uh, the Mac Winston series, we are publishing those uh, in a playlist in our uh, YouTube channel, so check that out. Um, we're going to jump back into the Odyssey Alpha discussion with a topic that I know is uh, near and dear to Souverine's heart, uh, zero-G outposts and how they're treated in the Alpha. Uh, Suv, any thoughts on that? Uh, I think that it's absolutely fine, and we should just stick. Uh, we should just stick artificial gravity in a quarter day. <laughs> well, I see you've had a change of heart. <laughs> I I was fucking with you. I think that the um, I think Odyssey is is really great. I think the interiors of the stations are brilliant, and um, and for somebody who primarily plays elite for escapism um, and immersion. I uh, I love the fact that a universe which has previously been about the macro, been about things being very big, um, I now can experience on a personal level, on a human level, um, and um, uh, and seeing seeing the interiors of starports is uh, is absolutely wonderful because they've until now they've only existed in my imagination um, for the last six or seven years. Um, but when I first got out of the elevator at an outpost, um, that was ignobly shattered by the sight of uh, lots of open-top glassware hanging out on tables and um, uh, and 
things clearly uh, sitting on other things under gravity and and um, and all that sort of thing. Um, and uh, and it just irked me because the because Elite has always impressed me with its commitment to internal consistency um, and uh, not necessarily realism. David Braben's attitude has always been realism as far as possible, but always to be sacrificed for gameplay when there is a tension between the two, which I think is absolutely the right attitude. Um, this isn't a situation of that because there is no gameplay advantage to having the wrong art in uh, in outposts. Um, but it, it just it, it really irked me. It's not a, it's not a huge deal. It's not worth delaying the release for. It's not worth like I, I I I'm not accusing anybody of laziness or incompetence or anything like that. It's I think it's an oversight. I think Frontier at a at a, a sort of um, top level um, haven't changed their policy. The Elite Dangerous Galaxy is still one in which artificial gar- gravity doesn't exist. But I think that. At some point during the production of the Odyssey art assets, nobody thought to say, "Hey, hold on, outposts don't spin." Um, and uh, and yeah, I, I um, so I, I guess um, my forum post earlier this week was to gauge uh, how many people agreed with me and whether there was much sentiment um, in support of that view. Um, and I think most people, if the forums are representative of uh, of the wider community, then it looks like most people agree, but also most people do agree that it's not uh, it's not a deal breaker. They just like it to be added to Frontier's to do list. They're just you know I, I think I think me and most other people who commented are of the opinion that hey Frontier, you know when you get a bit of time, if you could make a few art assets for those outpost interiors that at least look like they're a weightless environment, that would be marvelous. Maybe put lids on the cups. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's just straws. Straws and lids. Just do it. It's on the magnet coasters. Yeah, precisely uh, that. Yeah. Kai, you had some thoughts on this one? Absolutely. Uh, am I muted? No, I'm not. No, okay. you're good. You're good. Right. I'm running missions in Odyssey Alpha right now as, as we go. So, yeah, uh, let's take a moment and address this. I, I, Suverine's amazing uh, uh, forum thread will be in the show notes i've done a little bit of a job hyping it up this week and i feel like it's sort of important um and here's why and some of you guys might not think it's important some of you guys might think hey it's fine and why are you being a forum dad and just complaining and nitpicking and whatever but here's the thing my friend told me that um scientific uh accuracy to an extent and a hundred percent scientific uh um sort of consistency is important so my friend told me that science like internal consistency is important and that uh some sort of sci-fi just makes stuff up sometimes about you know sort of making fake gravity and my friend told me that you know it's important that elite sort of get a lot of the details right and stay consistent and you guys might not think so but my friend's a pretty smart cookie um and and I don't want to, you know, be rude, but my friend's smarter than you. And you guys might say, well, hey, I'm a Kickstarter backer and I, I've been with this game for forever. And my friend's been with this longer than you. And, and he made a very important point that they don't want to use magic like you see in, you know, some some things that they want to sort of go with what makes sense, what you can do with science, what you can actually make happen. And I'm not asking for 
or or Souverine is not asking for, hey, give us full on, let us just float. Like we're cool with the gravity boots thing. We're that's that's cool. We just want to see some art assets that work as far as number one, strap shit down. Number two, you, you put drinks in the little squeezy pouches that NASA uses or that you see on the expanse when they're in zero G. I would love zero gravity movement. I would love EVAs. I think that we're actually going to get those things. But I think that those things are maybe three or four years down the pike. For now, I'm not asking that Frontier delay Odyssey to get it right. I'm not asking, you know, like, whatever. We can, I think we're all adults. We can live with it being wrong for a couple months while Frontier sort of works on it. Like, we're willing to <laughs> sort of go along with it for the process of like, okay, you, you, we just want them to acknowledge, hey, we got this bit wrong. now, and, and this is not a situation of us saying out of nowhere, you know, this isn't a Latvian approach of you suck, get it right. <laughs> this is a situation of Frontier asking us. Frontier has said, hey, here is Alpha Odyssey. We want your feedback. Tell us what we got right. So that we can tell our dev team, hey, you guys are awesome. This is right. And tell us what we got wrong so that we can make little changes so that we can sort of fix stuff for the good of all of the player base. And I think that if you go to the thread, which is linked in the show notes, you will see that Frontiers for uh, uh, Souverine's forum thread is very politely worded. It's not rude. It's not fuck you. You suck. Hey. It's not any of that bullshit. It's like, hey, guys, we love your game. We love Odyssey. Um, this one thing you got wrong, here's why you got it wrong, and here's what you could do to make it right. We appreciate your everything that you're doing, and just like look at this. Just look at this and acknowledge it. And if you acknowledge it and say, we've chosen to go a different way, okay. But like you're asking us for input, we're giving input. That's pretty much it. And now, control. Play the clip of my friend so you can see his opinion and play it with the sound so you can hear his opinion. Go. So um, science fiction things that work. So for me, the early start, some of the early material in Star Wars was great. It was consistent. You can see this the grubbiness. You see how it worked. You could see how a ladder would go up to it. I'm talking about things like X-wing um, fighters, things like that. Um, the later series of Battlestar Galactica really looked like they could, they would work in some way. You know, they've been designed to 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 work in a in a real world. Now with with um, Elite, we have other um, restrictions if you like requirements so we don't have artificial gravity which i know is a uh, a, a sci-fi staple but what we've tried to do is to just to stick with things that are that make sense in science apart from hyperspace which you said that's a sort of suspension of disbelief if you like um but you don't need gravity in space we have concepts like magnetic boots we have space stations that rotate that give you essentially artificial gravity but it's artificial in a way that truly works today. It's not artificial, as in it's not possible. So with those sort of things, they, they create um, design philosophies for the ships. Um, if you imagine a, um, a trading ship, it will probably spend a lot of its time landed either in artificial gravity inside a rotating space station or eventually landed on the surface of a planet where it's the right way up. So it still makes sense for there to be some sort of general orientation to the ship where people walk around inside and you need to have a concept of up. But also we design it in mind, the fact that it will spend some of its time in zero G. So there are some interesting the design philosophies that come from that and you'll see that over the period of development.
That's what my friend had to say, and I think he's a pretty smart cookie, and we should listen to him. That's it. Absolutely. And now for a completely opposite approach, Tweaked. Now for something completely different. Yeah, I don't disagree. If we're going to keep the lore as is, then yes, change it. Change the art, fix it, make it comply with the lore. That being said, and I've said this previously, I find it incredibly hard to believe that we have all of this technology in the year 3307 with hyperspace ships and amazing weapons and tech to fight the Thargoids with, but we have yet to invent artificial gravity. I think you mentioned it earlier when we're walking that fine line between science and gameplay. With Elite Dangerous, we are starting to encroach upon a time where we have many ship in, or station interiors in the not-too-distant future. Hopefully, we have ship interiors. I think it would be a lot more fun gameplay if I didn't have to float around. I, I have no interest in EVA, personally. I would try to avoid it at all costs unless there was something about it that just surprised the hell out of me with how fun it was. I'd rather be Han Solo walking through the halls of the Millennium Falcon. I don't want things floating around. Uh, it's I just don't believe that we can invent all of this technology and nobody has figured out how to do that yet. Noted. Okay, Spatula, you're going to have the last word on this, then we're going to move to the next issue. Yeah, so, you know, I, th I think I think I might have a solution here. Uh, my brain has been uh, intermingling the neurons, or however that shit works. Um, so we don't want artificial gravity because, you know, it's too sci-fi, it's not grounded enough. And if we institute it, then, you know, what, why would an Orbis or a Coriolis station spin, right? Yeah. Solution is simple. Spin the outposts. All the outposts need to start spinning and spinning and spinning. Now think about it. It, it solves the problem of the gravity, but it also creates an interesting gameplay mechanism because it'll be very interesting to dock with. Yeah, could, I mean, that's not the worst idea. <laughs> you true. could actually yeah. do that, but in order to do that, you would need to put the outpost on an arm around a focal point, and you would need to spin uh, it. You can't just spin it around by itself. Well, it's on. not far enough. It, it has like, to be uh, far enough away from a central fulcrum. Two balls on a it, stick kind of thing. Yeah, you give it two arms, because one arm would look dumb. You give it two arms, then you put rockets or T9s at the end of each arm, and they just basically spin it. I mean, so you, you literally there are three ways to there there are three ways to solve this. The first way is you put it on an arm on a foc uh, focal point and then you spin it at a rate and distance such that it would create Coriolis effect equal to the gravity that you want to create. That's one way. The second way would be to turn the entire thing sideways and have it boost because just like on the expanse you can if you're boosting sort of right uh, from the floor if you make the floor where the rockets are and you stay constantly accelerating at a slight rate you you can create inertial effect gravity hmm. and the third way is just strap shit down I think my way is easier, <laughs> but whichever way Frontier would like to address it, so long as they stay internally consistent with their own stated goal of being accurate, then yeah, okay, whatever. Hashtag spin the outposts. I think it'd be great to see two outposts attached with a scaffold spinning like a giant noob hammer that you have. <laughs> and, and and that could be very, very cool, but let me point out that if they do that, that's going to be a huge ball lake on their end to figure out how exactly do we have shit 
dock with this. <laughs> but like, yeah. hey man, if that's the way they want to go. Yo, hold, hold, hold. Like, I got a solution for oh. that too. The landing pads spin also in the opposite Oh, direction. yeah. That, okay, all right. All right, I think we've done this one to death. Uh, the next up on the list was uh, the, the missions we've been able to do so far, salvage and collection delivery missions. Um, a subset of this that I think is definitely worth talking about is the fact that a lot of people got stymied in what mission to take, and there was sort of a catch-22 about having the right tool or being able to get through a door, um, primarily because there was no tutorial. Uh, there was no help of any sort whatsoever, and I think that caused a lot of frustration for people uh, early, early on. Um, so that's one thing I'll, I'll want to hear from the gang is about, like, what do you think about that? Is that appropriate in an alpha? Should there have been a tutorial? Um, also, if you want to comment on the missions you've played, uh, have you found them fun and engaging? Um, do we need better stealth mechanics or distraction uh, mechanics since so many of these have to do with, you know, getting around a guard or scanning people and so forth? Kai, you want, you want to start us off? Yeah, so I'm the one that put that observation in there saying, hey, I think a major problem was there was no tutorial mission. And yeah. the fact of the matter is, is um, I, I think the AI is a little strong. I think it should get nerfed a little. I don't think it should get nerfed a lot because we've, we're just coming off of a period where I think... NPCs were balanced based on pre-engineering and then engineering happened and then in all NPCs just seemed fucking dumb and easy to beat. Um, I think that if they had done a proper job of giving a tutorial for this and some people have said like, well, they probably did a tutorial, but like, uh, you know, it, it, it'll come later. This is just alpha. If that's the case, that's incredibly fucking stupid, dude. Put in a put the tutorial in your alpha so that your players can test it and tell you what's good about it and what's not good about it so that you can fix it. Um like that's just that's just really dumb. Uh with regard to um you know with with how do I say this? With regard to like okay uh you know look at how tutorials were handled for the base game they basically put in a dog shit tutorial left it for six years and then put in a good tutorial in september of 2019 i really hope that they don't make this that same mistake with regard to odyssey if you're onboarding a whole fuck ton of new players through the xbox pass and through epic game store and through this that and the other like give them a good tutorial so that you don't add a massive numbers of players and then watch like four percent of them stick past the first 10 hours like give them a good tutorial experience so that we can keep some of these players they can be um you know, productive members of the community and add to, you know, the the income, the 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 revenue and 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 just the player numbers and yada yada yada. Like don't drive people away by making the same stupid mistake you made on the base game, which was let's wait six years and then put in a decent tutorial. Like don't mm -hmm. please don't please don't do that. Um have a good tutorial. With regard to like sort of fun. Yeah, I also think that a tutorial would be the perfect way 
to say, okay, do this mission. We're going to hold your hand. We're going to, uh, you know, sort of uh, give you this starter mission, which is not going to kill you 18 times. And also we'll end with you getting enough money and they will, or, or maybe don't even make it money. Just literally make the end of the tutorial mission. Oh, by the way, Here's your Maverick suit. Now you have a cutter, you know, art cutter. So now you have a, at least a possibility of doing other missions, you know, yeah. cause like it, that's, that's just, yeah. So that's, that's my point. Okay. Tweaked. Yeah. I was basically just going to say exactly what Kai just said. I, I think they should have a tutorial in there. Most games do that teach you the mechanics of the game. This is how you shoot. This is how you change weapons. This is how you crouch, all that kind of stuff. Uh, that being said, I don't know why everybody is so surprised that there is no tutorial because when I started Elite Dangerous, even three years ago, I did a couple of the little, here's how you fire a gun. And then I ended up in my Sidewinder and it was like, okay, now what the hell do I do? There was no direction there was no structure to anything and, i think and reason, i just I'm so you had not to walk through snow yeah you had to walk through snow to school both ways so everyone else should have to do that too I mean, I, I, no, like not, not saying they should I, I have to i'm just surprised that everybody else is surprised that's all uh, i think the reason why we're surprised is because after six fucking years frontier finally learned that lesson and in september of 2019 they put in a proper tutorial and said this should have been in from the beginning so like mm. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, do you need to learn that again for every uh, expansion, or are you just going to remember that? Mm. Spatula? Well, we all know the real tutorials are on YouTube. You know, and I don't want to put like, you know, down to earth astronomy or exegesis out of business here, but uh, they should have tutorials in the game. Yeah. Um, Souverine? The um yeah, the, the, there's the, simply that there's there's no tutorial because it's an alpha. The, the frontier. Um, I think reading between the lines, my impression of what the alpha was going to be was that it was going to be janky as hell, and um, everything that frontier said in the run up to the alpha and um, and all the communications from the CMs and um, and hearing uh, hearing what they said in streams and things. My my strong impression was that. Um, this was going to be a very janky experience, and that's why they called it an alpha rather than a beta. Um, I think it was, I think it's in that context that we ought to view things like Apex and how easy the missions are and how whether or not there's a tutorial. I mean, realistically, there was never going to be a tutorial. Um, but I, I agree that there needs to be, but there was never going to be one in the alpha. Would you expect one in the beta? I would expect one in the 1.0 release. Okay. Spatula, you had a I had one more point on this where I want to say something they did really well um, that I really appreciated was when you, you know, sort of land at the base for your mission, you have objectives that at least kind of tell you, like, you got to kill this guy or you got to find container mm -hmm. zero. Um, and the fact that you can find these, like, base computers and then mark your target, you know, it's not um, doing it all for you. It's not laying it all out to just follow the, the, the markers. You still have to do a little bit of thinking, a little bit of strategy, a little bit of ex exploration. But I thought that, you know, with, with the lack of tutorials, at least you have cool, clear objectives that I thought was cool. Good, good. I, the other point um, for this one... Um, and just my thoughts on it was, as far as a stealth mechanic, I know we had talked in past weeks about they can't do a, 
any kind of you know trank gun or some way to incapacitate people because perhaps of a Peggy rating. But I'm pretty sure I saw on the Tuesday stream Arthur knocks someone out with an overcharge tool. So um, you can. Th I guess that's in the game then. Does that yes, confirm it was that? a thing that they were. It was a thing that they were trying to get, and they never said that they got it. But it's in the game, so clearly they did. Either that, or it's going to disappear. I don't know. This is this yeah. is the thing with Frontier. Frontier, they are brilliant at making a game. They are absolutely fucking incompetent at doing community management and messaging and marketing and PR and all of that shit. So the thing with Frontier is constantly we as the player base are always just reading tea leaves and guessing because they never just fucking tell us what's going to happen. So like, this is nothing new. We love them for what they make. We accept them for the fact that they never give us a fucking clue as to what the plan is. And we just are along for the ride. We strap in and hope for the best. Well, I'd say that mechanic being in there is a huge step forward to having an another element of stealth uh, capable uh, capability in the game. All right. Um, this next one is a bit of a grab bag. Uh, core UI functionality. So I've lumped a bunch of stuff into this. Things like... You know, a lot of comments about these uh, the radial item wheels, uh, how to how how people are trying to use those, whether or not that's actually a an accommodation for uh, console controllers. Uh, lots of comments have come up about the terminals, uh, how people interact with them, uh, apex timers. Why is it two minutes? Uh, this whole thing about having containers with locker codes that you, I guess, write on a bunch of post-it notes beside your computer instead of your suit remembering it. Uh, and then the last one I lumped in here was the fact that there's no maps. Um, should we have a, a settlement map that develops as we walk around? Uh, anyone want to jump in on any of these? Let's see your type. Uh, spatula. All right. So, yeah, I guess a, a couple things I really like there is like, the mission board being reorganized so that you can pick what you want to do is so much better rather than just, you know, having to go through every single faction. Like if I had to sort of make an analogy for it, it'd be like, you know, that guy uh, sitting on the subway, just jamming his finger well deep into his nose and making big picks. You know, that's how it was before. And now it's a precision stealth pick. Um, you know, no one <laughs> knows it. You know what I mean? Like that's how much of a big improvement it is for me. Um, and I love the mission givers. Um, you, you know, obviously, it, it, I don't know if it's an alpha thing, but they seem to be the same types of missions that you get from the board. Um, obviously, there's just one random mission, but the personality and the immersion, I love. Um, you know, as a detective, I, you know, if a hot dame walks into my office, I might be more likely to take a case. But if a, a skimmer decided to glide into my office, I might be less inclined to take the case, unless that mm. skimmer looked like a hot dame. <laughs> interesting take interesting take mm -hmm. uh who else wants to jump in here how about uh control control yeah okay yeah I mean, no, no, no. yeah no but justice thing hey uh it would be nice to have a map hey if it's a known mission where i'm gonna go and restart up uh uh a, uh, a power plant and mm. it might be good to have a map or yeah. just get a hint because I'm fucking helping those guys. So yeah, yeah. they're sending you and they know the mission. You think they'd give you a map because it's their place uh, as opposed yeah, to yeah. a covert thing. That's my thing. So okay. yeah. tweaked. 
Yeah, well, I guess I'll take the uh, the point where it seems like some people are blaming the, the item wheel or whatever you want to call it on being a, a consolidation for or a consolation for console controllers. Mm-hmm. And, okay, I'm not a PC player, but uh, a lot of games use, I'll just call it an item wheel. I think... The crux of the problem from, from previous conversations that we've had is that you can't hotkey everything in the wheel, like like med packs or something, which yeah. is crazy to me. That should be that should be hotkeyed. Yeah. Uh, that being said, though, almost every game where I'm running around with a gun, whether it be Mass Effect, whether it be Red Dead Redemption or Gears of War, there's a weapon wheel, and it's. it's <laughs> If it's janky, if it's hard to keep it on what you want to select, then that's that's that that's a problem with the development of it that can be stabilized. But to have a weapon wheel, period, that's that to me, I, I, I'm that's to be expected. I would think now that we're running around on our feet with multitudes of weapons and stuff. Do you like having two wheels? Uh, I don't see where it would be a problem as long as it's done right. That that's the key. Hmm. I have, I have, I don't know if you, any of you guys have played Red Dead Redemption, but I have two wheels on that. They bring up different things, and it's just a different button on my controller. Which, again, maybe yeah. it's easier for me on a controller than you on a mouse and keyboard. But I, I feel like it needs a pip boy. It needs like a menu. <laughs> I've been curious, and I don't have a, enough breadth of experience with different FPSs to understand how much of what we're seeing and what they've decided to put as interfaces in the alpha is where they're cribbing off of things they know have worked well in other games versus sort of rolling their own. Kai, you had a point on this? Yeah, uh, I think it's important because I've been seeing a ton of the community feedback. And interestingly enough, and and this is kind of weird, but like, please hear me out on this. Don't jump right away to like, I'm going to be defensive. Here's the thing. A lot of the feedback that we've been getting has been the scroll wheel sucks and it was designed for consoles. Therefore, fuck consoles, PC master race. And I don't think that that's particularly productive because the fact mm-hmm. of the matter is this. Yeah. There are two issues that are being conflated in this expression of opinions. The first is scroll wheels is for consoles. That is true. Literally, I think that Frontier looked at this and said, okay, we're behind schedule. What's the quickest slash laziest slash easiest way we can make this work? Scroll wheels, because we know we're going to have to put that in for consoles. Let's just put it in once and be done. And a lot of the PC players are getting pissed off by this and feeling like, fuck console players. Dude, this isn't the console player's fault. This is... The dev team, this is the company, this is Frontier. Frontier is implementing this. Now, yes, the scroll wheels are problematic in certain situations because they can be sort of weird to control and whatever. Let's keep in mind this is alpha, that it that that process may be polished throughout the alpha, and it may be that the scroll wheels are sort of easier to deal with by the time we get to release. That's point number one. Point number two is... Look, this game has been going on for, what, eight years now? If you go from the beginning of Kickstarter all the way through to now. 
And the fact of the matter is, is we still don't have a fucking hotkey for Super Cruise Assist. We still don't have a fucking hotkey for request docking. There are things that we should have hotkeys for. You know, we've got a, 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 a menu button, like options menus button, you know, key mapping that is like fucking 50 pages long. And there's some stuff that we should have had years ago that we never had. And so the fact that you don't have a hotkey in the alpha for a fucking med pack, you don't have a hotkey in the alpha or a battery to recharge or whatever. These are things that we should have, but that's not the fault of the console players. That's the fault of Frontier. So let's not conflate these two points. Let's not confuse these two points and intermingle them and separate where PC players want to shit on console players and vice versa. Let's deal with them as adults separately as the separate issues that they are and say, a scroll wheel is completely fine. If that's the the implementation that they want to use for how they do a control scheme, because they know that a lot of players, I am a cons or excuse me, I am a PC player, but I use an Xbox controller for FPS play because it's comfortable. All of the console players will be using a Xbox or PS four five whatever controller for for that. Let's not blame each other. Let's just simply and in a polite adult fashion request of frontier hey you're a little scroll wheel jobby that's fine whatever but as a pc player who uses the keyboard i need a hot key for my battery packs i need a hot key for my med packs i need a hot key for all of the things whatever they are a list of things that aren't there that need a hotkey. And then the PC players can choose to use that little scroll wheel or can choose to completely fucking ignore its existence and play happily as they are. I feel like so much of the feedback on the forums and in the community has been, fuck this scroll wheel, it's all the console players fault. None of this is the console player's fault. They're not even allowed to play this shit for several more months. Let's stop blaming them and address our legitimate concerns, complaints, and feedback to Frontier to say, please include this button, that button, or whatever. Well said. All right, Spatula, you can squeak one in on this, then we're moving on. I just want to say I want a hotkey for making fun of console players on PC. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's fighting words. <laughs> I, I would add one quick point. Oh, to, just to prove it's not a console player's fault. Yeah. I have enough buttons on my controller to hotkey everything in my ship. So I would contend I could hotkey right. everything that they All allowed right. me to hotkey on the foot too. <laughs> okay, we're going to move on here to um, the last sort of category we have to talk about with the alpha. And this isn't exactly things that they asked us to test, so I'm going to break my own rule here, here a little bit. But these are pretty interesting things that have caused some pretty um, strong reactions in the community, um, both of which I believe came out of people finding ways to test things through going into the tutorials, the in-game training, not the tutorials, but the in-game training missions. Um, and they discovered some pretty darn interesting things. Uh, this first one, we've got uh, a video control you can throw up. Uh, Kai, um, you can kick this one off. It's about the SRVs. Sure. 
So there have been sort of two issues, and I think they're both of the ones that, you, that you're about to mention. Yeah. The first is the SRV issue. So as you said, you can go to the tutorial mission, the training mission part of the launcher and see. Now, what you're going to see here is that in Horizons, the way the SRV handles is a very specific way. And with drive assist on, it is sort of grippy and sort of easy and whatever. With drive assist off, it requires a lot more skill and sort of training and practice to get really, really good at it. But you can make the SRV sing. You can make it do amazing fucking like legitimate Van Gogh level art with what you can do with your skills with the SRV. The new version that immediately the race community dug into because that's what they were super, super interested in. The new version of the SRV is baby's first SRV. And let me tell you, it's awesome if you don't know how to drive an SRV. It's grippy. It turns great. It, it, it's almost impossible to tip it over. It's almost impossible to make it spin out. It, it It's just phenomenal for a brand new, never before, zero skill SRV driver. And that's great. But... That all came at the cost of taking away the amazing shit you can do with the SRV if you know how to drive it, if you really know what to do. So the entire race community, the buckyball racers, the elite racers, the entire race community has just been um, so very... Uh, gutted just just heartbroken by these changes now i've been working with them and have been trying to sort of promote their expressions or their feelings on this just the same way that i've kind of been working with souverine and trying to promote his feelings on the zero g situation and you know basically i think what what i would like and i don't speak for the entire elite racing community you're going to need to ask them what they feel specifically but what i would very much like to see as a compromise here is keep the driving the new drive srv mode and make that drive assist on so that it's easier for new players whatever okay i get it but take the current the current method of driving with drive assist off and make that the new version of drive assist off so that i think does right by the most amount of players in that your noobs can have the baby's first srv super easy uh interaction and the you know let's face it 90 percent of the srv driving that really happens is being done by your old school SRV race community who very, very strongly feel that they want it to stay as is. Uh, and, and I think that that's a good compromise that it kind of gives everybody sort of a shot. Um, I've promoted this idea a lot and I even pushed it to Frontier and we got an answer from Frontier on Thursday's live stream. Control, can you play that clip? Um, just a, a sort of question in there. I think it was from Kai um, referenced the SRV handling. We are aware of it. Um, 
and as I, I point out, this is obviously an alpha, and we are very conscious that players are very happy with how the SRV handles. So expect more news on that soon. We are not blind to the fact that players want it to remain as is. So please bear with us um, and let us handle the feedback. But it's not been ignored. All right. So so there it is. I, I think I hope that Frontier will sort of take that uh, and run with it as far as you know, like I said, try to do right by as many people as possible. Give the brand new noobs who, and, and there's a lot of existing players who are like, I cannot stand the SRV. It's dog shit to drive. I think those players will vastly prefer this. I think that some coder at Frontier did a good job of dumbing down the SRV massively and making it sort of new player friendly. And you know what? To those people, absolutely. They should have access to an easier experience if if that if that is what they want but by allowing the current like don't take away the current version make the drive assist off version what it is now so that all of those guys that really and once you learn it once you spend some time getting the skills you can do amazing things with the srv and all of that will be lost if frontier just sort of bulldozers it and says, here's the new thing, and the old thing is dead. And so many people will be heartbroken. I think that's a great I think it's a great point. And one other thing I'd mention um, is in your example between the current drive assist on and drive assist off, if people aren't familiar with it, is you can go faster with drive assist off. And that's that's something I think you'd want to preserve in a, in the new system so that it was the choice of serious racers um, and that someone with the easier system wasn't simply you know, going the same faster speed, but easier. Yeah. So that was the first thing that yep. came from the whatever. Uh, does anybody have a point they want to add to that? Or should I move to the second thing? Maybe let's go to the second. The second one was an interesting comparison between melee strength and a ship. <laughs> so, uh, so this is this one of all of the things that I've, I've sort of been championing to like, hey, let's change this. This is the one that I have zero confusion about as far as i am positive that frontier will change this because if they don't they will be the laughing stock of just everyone so as it stands now and this is again this was found in the tutorial thing in the, if you go through the tutorial thing there's a, a tutorial for your srv and in the srv if you choose the option to sort of recall ship it sends an anaconda down and now you have access to an let me finish yeah go ahead and play it now you have access to an anaconda and what our good friend uh dj wiley who has the youtube channel space hero confirmed somebody first saw it and i, I somebody first put up a video and i thought it was like okay because it was put up on april fool's day yesterday and i was like all right, this is sort of bullshit, probably, whatever. And DJ was like, well, I'm going to go test it. So he did. So here what you're seeing on the screen is him testing it. He takes a brand new Anaconda with 100% hull, turns off the shield. So it is just an Anaconda with 100% hull. He switches to melee attack, and he proceeds to punch the landing gear over and over with his bare hands. Now, he's going to speed up this video, and we're not going to play the whole thing, because whatever. You can go see it at Space Hero. Just go to YouTube and, and check out Space Hero. It will be in the show notes for yeah, the you. the link's in the show notes. But 
He proceeds to punch the landing gear on a 100% hull anaconda for 10 minutes and explodes the anaconda. Frontier, if you're listening, I know several devs and a couple community managers do. Uh, Yeah, fix your shit, because you should not be able to punch an anaconda to death, even if you were to go at it for, oh, I don't know, 100 years, much less 10 minutes. Obviously, this is a balancing issue. It has to be addressed. It needs to be fixed. It will be fixed because if Frontier lets this product release with balance such that you can punch an anaconda to death in under 10 minutes, or really, let's just say you can punch an anaconda to death ever in under 10,000 years, that's just (laughs) fucking stupid, and you're going to get laughed at because you're dumb. Hold on, hold on. Think this through a second, right? Like, why does the anaconda have this crazy jump range? Because it's made of this light, crappy material. So maybe this is canon. Maybe this is gameplay as intended. (laughs) This is why it's all so light. (laughs) Hey, hey, Spatula, I challenge you right now. Go punch a fucking mailbox for 10 minutes and see if you can get through it. Spoiler alert, you're going to end up with sore hands and a fucking mailbox that's laughing at you. (laughs) <laughs> I did an earlier test, actually, and it exploded in a nuclear explosion. The uh, mailbox? Fusion. Wow. The, the, the mailbox's fusion reactor blew, yeah. I, I must have power-planted it. Does the, wow. does the mailbox have, like, damage modeling? <laughs> oh, all right, all right. It's the only one that does in, in the whole city, yeah. Okay, um, the last thing uh, we've got in the show notes, I'm not going to talk about it here. I'd ask nobody on the cast brings it up uh, in specific, but there is some... Uh, data mining news. I'll caveat this strongly and say that whenever data mining stuff has come out in the past, its uh, its veracity has proven to be questionable. Uh, so take it for what you will. We're reporting it because it's a widely thing, widely reported on thing, but we're not going to throw it out there uh, live, uh, whether it's a spoiler or not. Uh, you can you can pursue that rabbit hole if you want. Uh, we've got a link in the show notes. So, uh, coming up next in the alpha, uh, you want to throw the slide up again, control, showing the phases. So, on um, on one of the recent streams, they suggested that they're targeting Tuesday, maybe next Wednesday, to move to phase two. Uh, there, so far, will not be a server progress reset for the transition from phase one to phase two. It's going to be focused on combat. Um, there is an interesting uh, clip, uh, we'll play this in a sec here, of Art Art gave a bit of a, a teaser on how uh, Frontline Solutions uh, works, which sounded pretty darn interesting. Uh, Control, go ahead and uh, play that clip. To, to do this is we've got a little video, I think, coming out next week just to give you a real brief overview. We don't spoil too much of it, but essentially what uh, Frontline Solutions is, is 12v12 mix of AI and um, uh, humans. I hope humans anyways, hope you're all humans, and jumping into uh, sort of various combat zones around the galaxy. Uh, there'll be control points, the, the object being that you will, it's a war of attrition to wear the other team's tickets down. And you can do that by just killing the other players, or you can control various communication posts. And the more communication posts you hold, the quicker the, the reinforcements will be depleted. Um, but the coolest part of it is dropping in in a dropship, and then if you die, you can respawn into that, that into the battle with the dropship, and you come in with all your compadres and seats next to you and you drop down and it's very cool like it's very very cool yeah. uh, so that's going in there in phase two i think that's that's primarily it but obviously a lot of stuff people are talking about in in terms of the game in terms of like weapons doing too much damage swapping between weapons being faster slower etc etc um all that sort of stuff is all data we're taking in 
Okay. So, um, yeah, that sounded pretty interesting about frontline solutions. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to that. Um, pretty exciting stuff. So then, um, wanted to, that's basically the, the end of our wrap up on Odyssey Alpha for week one. Uh, a couple community questions I'd ask folks uh, jump in on our Discord. Uh, one would be, how would you grade the first week of Alpha and why? And uh, number two, are you optimistic about, given the issues that have been raised, having them be solved, given some of FDev's uh, initial initial responses to them? We've got a couple of uh, shout-outs we want to do. One, uh, Mechanic Man had, uh, uh, for those of you that have been fans of his past series, uh, he's he's come back uh come back with a, a station walkthrough that is that is up to his usual level of quality which is extremely high we got a link in the notes for that also um there's a netflix special out uh called not a game uh which which has a segment in it that features elite dangerous uh tweak do you want to say a bit about that yeah sure uh, i stumbled upon this uh, kind of on accident the other day uh it's a documentary on netflix as roy said not a game the documentary as a whole is basically about how video games affect our lives and how it's different today than it was 30 years ago and some parents don't understand and so on and such forth. But at exactly the one hour, four minutes and 43 second mark, a segment of it begins about um, it's Michael's story, which was a young man who succumbed to leukemia a couple of years ago and Long story short, uh, family members reached out to FDev. FDev responded. Drew Wagar got involved. An audiobook was created. And, and the piece just does a great job of showing Frontier kind of bring out the best of themselves and of, of the community at the worst of times, really. It's, it's really... It's a, it's a hard piece to watch. It's pretty tear-jerky. I won't, be, I won't lie to you. It's sad. But mm -hmm. it's a great piece about the game itself, about Elite Dangerous. They do a fair amount of showing the game, a fair amount of talking about the game and what it is and what it means to all of us. And I thought it would be good to bring to light for you to check out if you'd like to find it on yeah. Netflix. That's 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 great, Tweet. It's um, I mean, I think it's it's a given the things we've heard about in the past that Elite uh, that FDevs got involved with, whether it's charities or other outreach things, they do a top shelf job in the in the community. As well, um, just a just a great community. Okay, so uh, we're we're just about done here. Let's let's go hey, around. Uh, mm. I I'd asked. I'd have a shout out to add as well. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Didn't know. No worries. No worries. So uh, I want to give a shout out to System Chat Podcast, uh, WK Jez and Boss Lady B, two regulars on our show. Uh, and to just fucking top-notch, awesome content creators and beautiful people. Specifically, they did a roundtable this last week that include uh, Ben Moss Woodward, good friend of mine, Commander Edelweiss from uh, Lave Radio, uh, included Commander Toko So, on a fucking amazing content creator for just such a lovely person and such a good uh, content creator. He does visual art. He makes these amazing images of like the ones you've seen of like a ship or a station above a city that are amazing and, and other ones as well. He makes phenomenal music, including the opening song for tonight's show. And let me just take a second to say, uh, by the way, Frontier, if you're listening, I know that you are. Uh, yeah, 
You have now a bar that plays over 800 tracks. How about you set aside three grand or five grand, you know, set aside a few thousand quid a year and do a community contest every year where you say, hey, man, we're going to take a submission of some songs and we're going to put them in our bar. We're going to uh, license your artwork or your your music and we're going to put it in. We're going to play it in our bar and you get a new PC or you get a new whatever. You get some frontier swag or you get some shit, you get some cash, you get some whatever. It could be a very cool contest, good community outreach. And let me just say right off the bat, just hand the first fucking award to Tokoso and put on his Tales from the Frontier album. Put that entire mm. album, because if you walked mm. into the bar and you heard our opening song for tonight, which is Let's Jump Together, or you heard River Trading Chanties or, or Rare Trading or that one about, you know, about what's the fucking amazing song he does about like my uh, what that the, the, the little ship. What is it? His crap space, uh, space, space taxi no the, what's the smallest <laughs> ship that has slfs the little one that has the boxy landing shit that it's it the road that it rotates the the thing the killback my killback kill kill like, his killback song his like just all of his music is phenomenal so like yeah so i that's a so it's a shout out in, embedded in a shout out so system chat is amazing uh uh their round table was amazing uh toko so was amazing use my idea and put his music in your fucking bar and and also vithagar what from the i don't want to shortchange him from the uh system chat uh uh round table he's the creator of ed observatory which is a very cool program that will show you cool shit like it's not about making money his program his program is if you run it in the background while you play elite it'll say oh by the way, there's a thing over here you should see, and it's not like it's not Road to Riches. It's not like go over here for Water Worlds. It's go over here for an amazing fucking view. Go over here to see this weird situation where two moons bounce into each other. Go over here to see this amazing spectacular nebula or this moon that travels so close to a ringed Earth-like world or a ringed whatever planet that it almost touches the rings. Or it just points out not money stuff. It points out human stuff. And I think that that is a program, ED Observatory, that every fucking commander should put it that plays on PC at least should put in there because why would you not want to enjoy the fucking majesty of this game and the amazing shit that is in there in this system that the beautiful and lovely and wonderful, amazing human being, Dr. K, put in there for you to enjoy? Go enjoy it. So yeah, I wanted to give that shout out. Also, just a little hint, a little, a little whatever. Next week, it is gonna be on Wednesday. On Tuesday, on the Tuesday stream, expect to see that video that's gonna show you the frontline solution stuff. Uh wink, hint, hint. You heard it here first. On Wednesday, when they actually, if they started on time when they started, I'm just gonna point out that uh the the community management team did state and they said that it was okay to be shared publicly now this may have changed hopefully they're listening to my idea of you know changing up some of the srv handling but they have already stated that it could be shared with another content creator that as of phase two when you're able to buy ships you will be able to buy a ship that has an srv hanger so unless that's changed, you may actually be getting your first look at SRVs next Wednesday. So, so I mean, obviously you can go now in the training mission, but you may actually see them 
in the main alpha for people to to look at next Wednesday. So kind of um, keep an eye out for that. Awesome. Great, great shout outs. Great ideas. Thanks for that, Kai. Um, all right. So we're going to go down the list here and I'd like everybody to give their report card grade for uh, the Odyssey Alpha in the first week. So A through A through F. I'll start us off. I'm going to give it a solid B. Um, yeah, there's a few little bits of jank, but you know what? It started up on the first day and it's basically playable. It's got some awesome things. It's got some things I'd like to see changed and there's plenty of time to change them. Uh, Kai? I would say 7.5. Fix the SRVs. <laughs> what? That's what? a school grade. Report cards. A through F. A through F. All right. All right. So I'll give them a B minus C plus. Uh, okay. Fix the SRVs. Fix the zero Gs. Fix the uh, punching a ship to death. Add a tutorial. And then just sort of tighten up some of the shit that that you do in an alpha but it's it's decent all right control i would give them a b actually i i think they did a proper job but there's some small quirks to yeah just take care of so yeah a b all right i'm gonna i'm gonna jump down i'm gonna let our our uh, two guests go last here tweaked well, obviously, I can't play it, but I have been watching all of the streams religiously. Uh, yeah. I'm going to give it an A-. minus. Honestly, yeah, there's some jankiness. All the things that Kai mentioned needs to get fixed. That being said, the core of what's in it seems to work pretty well, and it's exactly what I was hoping to see. It looks fun. The missions look like they'd be a lot of fun to do with a couple of friends and add that to with what's coming. I think we're on the right track. All right. Spatula. Yeah, I would probably give it a purple star. Uh, <laughs> from your kindergarten days? Roughly <laughs> translates to like a B plus, A minus sort of territory. Okay. Um, and, and I would say, you know, in the last five years, I felt very defeated. But um, with the Alpha kicking off, oh, we are stepping oh, into the next God. leg of this journey. <laughs> and this is the upgrade that we needed. The thighs of the galaxy just increased. Yo, awesome. can, can, can fucking, uh, what's his name? Can Bill Turner's kid just kill this guy already? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you for that. Souverine, finish uh, I reckon, I reckon a B probably is from me. I think it's, I think it's, it's really good. Um, it's really heartening. In some ways, it's better than I thought Space Legs needed to be. Um, in, in other ways, it's, uh, a couple of things about it are a little bit disappointing. Um, but they're things that are, that Frontier have added with relatively little um, hassle in the past. So I'm hopeful that they'll be addressed. I certainly don't think it's perfect, but it's an alpha. And if it wasn't going to be, um, if it if it was if it was going to be perfect, they wouldn't have called it an alpha. They'd have called it a uh, a beta or like a or um, or even they'd have just released it. Um, so I, yeah. So so I think that the um, I think it's uh, it's as it's a very, very good start, is how I'd put it. Awesome. All right. Well, once again, I'd like to thank our guests, Spatula and Souverine. Uh, please, please go check out their stuff if you haven't already. The links are in the show notes. I'd like to thank also all the folks that participated with us live on uh, on YouTube and Twitch. Great input there. Uh, so let's do uh, let's do goodbyes all together on the count of three, and then Controlodon's going to play us out. So on three, one, two, three. Goodbye, Goodbye. Hey, everybody. Nanu, nanu. Mm -hmm.
comes the sun Here comes the sun And I say It's alright Little darling It's been a long cold learning winter Little darling Ooh, ooh, ooh.